It's October. I'm Debbie Cook, and I'm back with the October edition of the D&B Supply Lawn and Garden Podcast. Can't believe it's October already, but um, here we are, and there's loads of things that happen not only in your garden, but getting ready for the cold weather that hopefully we'll get this year. Hopefully we'll get enough cold weather to kill off some of our insects. But um, this month, we are lucky enough to have Gretchen Anderson back with us. Hi, Gretchen. Hey, how are you, Deb? I'm great. Thank you so much for being with us today. So um, Gretchen, for those of you that aren't familiar, is a blogger, vlogger for D&B. She uh, does a blog for Mother Earth News. If you recognize her voice, it's because she was um, an anchor for Channel 7, and she was also the voice of Bogus Basin, giving us the ski reports. But today, we're going to talk to Gretchen, the author, who has a book out called The Backyard Chicken Fight. And she wrote this several years ago when people were just starting to get really interested in bringing chickens into their backyards and finding that a lot of the zoning issues um, (laughs) were against them. The cities didn't necessarily want to have chickens in their backyard. So we're going to talk about chickens today, having them in your backyard, and how we need to um, get them ready for the cold weather. Um, But before we do that, Gretchen, I know that you have grown garlic in the past. I grow garlic um, or have grown garlic in the past. And one of the things that we plant in October are bulbs. Um, Not only flowers, yay, for, you know, tulips and daffodils and all that kind of thing. But garlic is when, um, fall is when we plant garlic. And I want to talk or have you mention a little bit about why we shouldn't be planting garlic from the grocery store. Well, it's interesting. It's one of those, I didn't know that moment. When I, I know, my, it is. It really is. It when is. I learned about it too, I was like, well, it'll grow. Yeah. When we went through our Master Gardener training, in each state you have protected crops. And one of them in ours is garlic. Of course, onions are, potatoes are, the allium family and, and potatoes. Um, and garlic especially. And I remember talking to a, a CEO of a certain big company here locally said that he would go down and buy that elephant garlic at Freddy's and put it in the ground. And I went, no, no, you can't do that. And Deb, you and I know it's because it isn't certified to grow here. And it could, in fact, carry bacteria um, or virus. And you risk having your small your small garden in your backyard shut down by by the state because uh, you have some kind of um, vasilium rot. Is that did I say that right? Right. Well, some I think the, the one of the things that I think they're trying to protect the uh, the crops from are um, white rot. White rot. White rot, um, which gets into the soil, and it is yes. almost impossible to get rid of. It takes years of fumigation and really working to try and get that out of the soil. And while that's happening, your, you know, your field cannot grow anything in that family. Right. Um, you're quarantined. Exactly. You're quarantined. And it's plus, not worth the risk. No, it's not worth the risk. And plus, if white rot gets going, it does quarantine the crop for the entire state. And um, it's just not worth the risk when you feel, when you figure that, um, 
you don't want to be the person that would introduce that into the, into the area. That would be bad. That would be bad well, of news. Of course not. And I just, think most gardeners and just are very as a thoughtful. gardener, I think you yeah. want to just be as responsible as you can with that kind of thing. So Absolutely. there are certainly places where you can buy certified garlic. Um, just make sure that it is certainly labeled as certified. So I think probably just one go to of the your best places place and they'll have it usually. They'll have it uh, and this time you know, of year. farmers markets in the fall are a great place because they're selling garlic and most of their garlic has been certified and they're certainly able to sell that garlic. So um, it's not a bad place to look for garlic if you're looking to buy garlic to plant. Mm-hmm. Just make mm-hmm. sure that they, you know, that it is certified. So um, that was the main thing I wanted to say, only because it's something that, you know, w- that we so commonly hear. And once again, Gretchen and I were both surprised many years ago when we learned about that. Um, so we just want to pass along that information. You may already know it. And if you don't, heads up. And um, a reminder never hurts. So I think I think so many people are new to gardening as a result of uh, 2020. Yes, and, and new to our area. New to our area, and um, and and parlaying that into chickens, we, we saw a huge increase of interest in keeping backyard chickens in in 2020. It bumped up again. Oh, and so yeah, you know, it's all about being more sustainable in your backyard. You know, I have to say every spring D&B has um, chick days. Mm-hmm. I could not believe how fast those chickens left the store. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I always like to go down and ooh and ah over, the, over, those little baby chick, over those little baby chicks. And they were, you know, they were very popular. So I want to remind people, Gretchen, that you have a book called The Backyard Chicken Fight. Um, and it's certainly available on Amazon for anybody that's interested. And it's not only good for giving you some pointer, I mean, it'll give you great information on what to do with chickens in your backyard. But if you live in a municipality or in an area where, um, and I think I just read that it's like Hayden, Idaho or someplace, just hmm. just said no to zoning for chickens. <laughs> uh, and it was like, what? How can you do that in this day and age? But nonetheless, there are some tips in there about how you might work your way through um, the red tape of a municipality to allow chickens in your backyard. Right? Exactly. Okay. So what we want to talk about today, really, because here it is October already, um, cold weather is around the corner. Let's talk a little bit about what we should do if we've got chickens, especially for the first time. What are we supposed to be doing to get these chickens ready for the cold weather? Is there something special we should be doing? Well, I, I think there's a kind of a punch list that you can, can have. And if you um, aren't writing things down, we do have great videos on uh, the DNB Supply website that goes yes. over all of this. But MyDBSupply.com. There are... Um, great videos that Gretchen has of classes that she's put on at the DNB stores that will give you great information about chickens. So um, once again, mydbsupply.com, take advantage of those blogs. So, um, right. Okay. Right. So first of all, I, I'd say take advantage of the, 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 you know, warm weather for the short time to give your, your run and your coop a thorough cleaning. Um, and I, I, I think it's just a perfect time to do that. Um, and I, I want you to step back and look at your coop and make sure that you have great ventilation in that coop. You want to make sure the girls, the birds are out of the, the wind or any kind of drafts. You don't want insulation, uh, but you do want to be able to keep them from wind. 
And then you want plenty of ventilation because lack of ventilation will will uh, do in your birds faster than anything. Because, because it raises it, the humidity in that coop, right? Absolutely. And, you, and that's the thing you want to avoid because in the winter months, the one thing that happens, and it was explained to me by an old chicken farmer years ago, um, the humidity will stick to their combs and wattles. Those are the things that hang under their little beaks uh-huh. and even to their toes. And those are the extremities. And in our single-digit temperatures that we often get here, if you have humidity and those cold temperatures, it's a recipe for frostbite big time. So um, the other thing you can do to make certain that their feet, their toes survive the winter is make sure that your, your roosts in Idaho are all two by fours oriented on the four side. They're all oriented on the, the large side. So the girls can hop up there, they can move around easily, and they can put their, their feathers down over their, their uh, feet uh, to keep them from, from freezing in the middle of the night. Because it's lack of, lack of movement, lack of blood flow, um, and humidity that can cause that frostbite. You know, it's interesting. It's one of the things that you wouldn't think about at all, I don't think, would be frostbite on your chickens. So oh, it happens. <laughs> yeah. It happens and like more said, than you know it. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you yeah. don't have chickens, it's one of the things it's like, well, that's something I probably wouldn't have thought about. So, mm-hmm. but you've got a kind of another little tip that helps prevent that too, right? Right. So if, if, you know, if we get down into the single temperatures, single digit temperatures, and I say this is a two person, two person job, you go out to the coop <laughs> late at night or after they've gone to roost because a chicken is more docile at that mm-hmm. time. And you grab each of them off of the roost. <laughs> chicken and wrangling. Just, yeah. And, and it's a two person job. Uh, if you get some um, Vaseline, just put it on their combs. The ones, the girls who have the single combs. Now, if you have chickens, like um, uh, there are many breeds that have a rose comb or a comb that's nearer to their head. You don't need to worry about those girls. But if you have the single combed girls, like the the Rhode Island Reds and the um, Leghorns, Leghorns, um, you want to put some Vaseline on their combs and their wattles and their feet little bit of a messy job, but what that does is that insulates them from any kind of uh, uh, frostbite. Now, you can avoid doing that, Deb, if you are well ventilated um, and you have two by fours. I've never had frostbitten uh, girls at all because that's what I've made certain that my coop has is I have ventilation and um, I, I keep try to keep as much humidity out of there, meaning I clean up the droppings, right? Uh-huh. And um, and then they have two by fours, and their feet are safe uh, overnight. So I know um, I know that a common thing to think would be, well, if it's going to be that cold, I'm just going to put a heat lamp, and I'm just going <gasps> to keep. I'm just going to heat. I'm just going to heat my coop. Oh, I'm so I glad you asked that question. I know you've got a strong opinion about this. <laughs> I know. You heard the gasp, the audible gasp. I did. Um, the, yeah, the one thing I, I want um, new chicken keepers to know and moving forward is please, please, please don't heat your coop. Um, one, you're asking for trouble because chickens are flighty by nature. They like to flap their wings, whether getting up or down or maybe a little um, – uh, one of the girls said something to the another girl and they get all icky. You know, they, they, they're <laughs> flighty. And 
quite often those heat lamps can land in the bedding, in the, in the litter that you've put in the coop, and it causes a fire. The other thing, and it stands to reason, is you don't want to heat the coop. These girls right now in October are starting to acclimate to the cooler overnight temperatures. And uh, they get that acclimation going, and they're just fine in the wintertime. We see wild birds out all over the place, and the girls will be fine. In fact, chickens, backyard chickens, fare better in the wintertime than they do in our, oh my gosh, remember those hot, hot temperatures we had all summer long? Yes, those poor chickens. Yeah, they were really struggling because it's just so bloody hot. Uh, Chickens do better in the wintertime because they're able to grow more plumage, and they they their little bodies just acclimate to it so don't mess up that acclimation process with a heat lamp and do you also mean don't put a sweater on your chickens <laughs> <laughs> well i would say i i do have some sweaters They're i only well. do that in the event that they go into a molt now you say well, what is a molt um, and it usually happens, Deb, in October, which is just, it blows me away. It seems girls, kind of intuitive, doesn't it? Oh, they lose their yes. In the fall? Yes, but maybe it's nature's way of saying, okay, here's the deal. We've got to grow some new, new you know, heavier things, yeah. Yeah, plumage, um, nature's way. But And they do just fine. But I've seen some girls go through a molt in, in the cold of, of December and January. And, um, and they... They are also, uh, if, if something happens to them, then there's, there, there's a little nick in their skin. Okay, back up. Uh, molting is where, when they lose their feathers and they have to grow in new feathers. It happens once a year with adult hens. Um, and, and if they lose all their feathers, then their skin is exposed. And if they have a little abrasion, then there might be blood. And chickens, for better or worse, are drawn to the color red. Mm. And so you take the chance or risk um, other chickens pecking at another chicken who might have a little abrasion. So that's when I would say, okay, throw a sweater on there. Throw the sweater on. (laughs) I was going to say, break out the sweaters. Um, What about feed in the, uh, this time of year, do you start changing the way they eat or what you might feed them? Absolutely. And um, what I would say is if you still have 16% feed that is normal for layers uh, this time of year, run it out, completely finish that bag of feed, and then the next time you go into DMB to get your feed, make certain you get 20-21%. You need the added protein to keep them healthy and strong and warm in the wintertime. Um, so I, I would say just uh, finish it off and then go for the higher protein. So if you can't remember that, just ask somebody at DNB and they can help you find the protein that you need for the wintertime. What about cracked corn? Ah, ooh, the secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so often um, we think that cracked corn is just kind of a treat for the girls, um, but really it does pay a, play a vital role in their health and actually their ability to lay eggs if you want them to lay all winter long. If you give them a little corn before they go to roost at night, that corn goes into their crop. <laughs> it's that bulgy thing on their chest. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts the um, 
process of breaking down essentially and going through their intestinal tract. But what that does is the corn actually elevates their body temperature and keeps them warmer. And I learned this from a, a longtime chicken keeper when I did a class out in Lizard Butte uh, of oh, all wow. places uh, back in the day. And they said, try this um, and see if your girls will lay more eggs. And sure enough, um, we got more eggs out of our girls when we, we would you just say grain the girls before they go to, to bed at night. And you know what? Here's the deal. I don't throw the corn out. Deb, like, you know, the old farmer's wife used to. Right, like she carried the corn in her apron. Right, right. I do it in a line so the chickens can get it in their bodies in a timely fashion. And I don't want any leftover corn there either because, one, I don't want to attract any other critters. Uh And, two, I don't want corn just sitting there and then they eat it the next day and who knows, you know, what's happened to the corn. Right. So let's get it out like a, a quarter cup a girl or an eighth of a cup a girl is, is about what you want to do. And you do it in a line and let them clean it, let him eat it. And that way, you know that everyone's been grained and they should be a okay. The, the line also keeps them from pooping in it. <laughs> Most importantly, that's a good thing. you know, because and, they and do fact, that. <laughs> yes, they do. And in fact, that's one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting because um, I'm with the chickens. I just assume sleep in a nice nesting box, but, you, but, but watching your video, um, it was like, oh, they, they don't get to be that comfortable. No, uh, no. And, and that's, I mean, that brings us to the point where I said, and you know, pooping they, they poop. is the exact reason why. Yeah. They do that all night long and that's why they're called droppings. And so you, you want them on the roost. You don't want yes. girls in the nest box. You don't want them sleeping in the nest box. You don't want them on a shelf. You don't want them in the corner of the coop because what happens is they, they do, they poop all night long and that backs up on their tail feathers. And then if they do lay an egg, that egg is not going to be clean. Plus you have a mess in the back and sometimes that can lead to infection. So you want to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good tip because I know people would be inclined to say there's a nice cozy bed. They can just sleep in that. So, you know, I mean, really, that's what you would be inclined to say, I think. So it's really good to know why you need to put them up on a, on a roost. Um, yes. You know, that's a great thing. Um, yes. One more thing, or a couple more things, I guess. Grit, an important part of a chicken's diet, right? Sure, it is. But I think most chickens will pick it up uh, if they're in an area where there's, there's dirt or sand, Um, so I don't know if you have to do supplemental grit, but if you feel like you do, you can certainly buy some at D and B and put it in a small container. It's usually oyster shell or some, uh, or some kind of grit of some sort. Um, one other thing that we need to talk about real quickly is water heaters. Um, Oh, and water. Oh, and water. Yeah. Really important in the wintertime. And we likely buried the lead here. You cannot let the water freeze over because chickens aren't smart enough to break the ice and drink from the water. Um, you've got to put some kind of heating mechanism under your your water. And there, I think I uh, in those videos, though, shot uh, a few years ago, I'm fairly certain I describe how to make a yes, you homemade you water heater. Yes, you that exactly. A homemade, you know, the, there's certainly water heaters available at D&B, but you also mm-hmm. gave instructions and actually demonstrated how you, you can make your own um, wa- your water heater easily right. at home. Easily and, and 
cheaply and you get eat to eat a, a bunch of popcorn <laughs> safely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Safely. So um, once again, don't forget to watch some videos if you've got chickens because you'll get loads of good tips on that. The other thing that you mentioned that I'd not really, well, I, I wanted to mention dust baths because you, you know, mentioned, yep, they will dust. And if there's not a place or if it's snowy or icy for a long time, do you still continue to give them? I mean, do they still need the dust baths even in the winter? Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, we, we all take showers in the winter. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great analogy, but that's how they clean themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but that's how they clean themselves. And so if you have room in your coop, um, get a big uh, uh, round. I mean, you can use anything, whether it's a, uh, what am I thinking of? A tote you or something like that. You could probably use a litter box. A litter box, yeah, and put uh, dry, airy dirt or sand or even a little bit of ash in there and um, give them a place to do a dust bath. It is integral. It is that word. Anyway, it is really important uh, to a, a bird's health to be able to dust bathe. To dust bathe. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Gretchen, we talked as fast as we could about chickens and we didn't even <laughs> begin to scratch the surface. Ha ha. So, um, I want to say thank you so much for oh. sharing what you know about chickens and remind people that really go to mydbsupply.com and watch, um, Gretchen's videos on chickens and you'll you'll be glad you did. It's time well spent if you've got chickens or thinking about getting chickens. So um, anyway, thank you for sharing, Gretchen. It's always a pleasure to have you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. One of these days, I hope I get to see your face again. But thank you for your time. We will. We'll see each other soon and take care. And uh, I hope to talk soon as well. Me too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the D&B Lawn and Garden Podcast for October, and I'll be back in November with more garden information. See you then. Bye-bye.